the City of Albuquerque Public Art Urban Enhancement Division and Department of Arts and Culture proudly present Take Another Look. Built on the foundation of two city ordinances, art in municipal places, and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund, the Public Art Urban Enhancement Division provides funds to artists to create art for the public, as well as arts organizations for arts and cultural programming. Join us as we discuss everything related to funding artists in the public realm with host Joni Palmer. Hello, I'm Joni Palmer, and welcome back to Take Another Look at Albuquerque's Public Art. Today, we will, we will be talking about the big changes in the city's public art landscape, with a forthcoming bigger budget and with it the ability to pursue bigger ideas. This afternoon, I am talking with Sherry Brueggemann and Dorothy Sturmer. Thank you for joining us again, Sherry. This is Thanks. your third <laughs> appearance on our show, so this is exciting. Yep. So those of you, if you have forgotten, Sherry is the manager of the city's public art program. She has been with the city for 19 years. Welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be here again. <laughs> and also joining us in the studio today is Dorothy Sturmer. So Dorothy currently serves on the Albuquerque Public Arts Board, representing District 9, and District 9 is located in the far southeast heights and uh, the foothills. She attended the University of New Mexico, where she received her bachelor's and master's of science degrees in chemical engineering, and had a career at Sandia National Laboratories as an engineer and as a manager. Uh, Dorothy grew up in a family of artists and manages the John Sturmer Fine Art Estate. She has a rich understanding of the dual needs of artists to express their creativity and also run a business. Throughout her career, Dorothy served on various arts-related boards and volunteered with nonprofit organizations in our community. She appreciates artists' contributions to the public and knows that they are the heart and soul of our community at large. It's true. Thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me join you. Of course. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with um, a, a preface to our conversation. Um, and for those of you who have done your homework, just hang on with me for a minute here. I'm gonna read an excerpt from the city's uh, public art program site. Uh, so, art in municipal places ordinance. The art in municipal places ordinance a very bold initiative approved by the Albuquerque City Council in 1978, set aside 1% of city construction funds derived from general obligation bond program and certain revenue bonds for the purchase or commission of works of art. The public art program is administered by a professional staff under the direction of the mayor of the city of Albuquerque. A basic factor in art selection depends on the site for the artwork. Once the site is confirmed, a process begins to identify a work that is in harmony with its surroundings and also supports the community interest. The final decisions rest with a diverse committee charged with deciding how artworks can relate to the physical, social, cultural, and historical qualities of the community while maintaining a unique and powerful expression of artistic vision. The great success of this process is the resulting public art collection. These fine works can be seen from the Albuquerque International Sunport to the Sandia Foothills and the western edge of the city limits. So with that in mind, uh, I have a few questions for both of you um, to guide us through a conversation about uh, this bigger budget that you're going to have that's going to allow the public art staff and the board pursue 
bigger ideas. And, and so I'm gonna start with you, Sherry. Um, in October 2022, the City Council approved an ordinance change from 1% to 5% of general obligation bonds for art. Can you explain how this funding formula works? What does that mean? Sure. Okay, but I'm going to correct you. <clears throat> we went from 1% to 1.5%. Oh, what did I say? You said 5%. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. wow, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> oh, get <laughs> out your checkbook. <laughs> For, yeah, from 1% to 1.5%. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the way the funding formula works is... Um, so the city council, uh, in uh, partnership with uh, all the city departments, puts together a capital budget um, every two years. And that is uh, then presented to the voters of Albuquerque uh, for approval in the form of general obligation bonds. And general obligation bonds are basically a way of sort of funding capital improvements to build things like storm drainage, trails, libraries, swimming pools, uh, police stations, um, bus stops, all the, all the things that we have in our hardscape of Albuquerque. Mm. Um, and then those um, bonds are paid back through uh, property taxes that are collected. Um, so it's kind of like taking out a mortgage and then you pay it back, right? Um, but the city has a method and a process for doing that um, uh, every two years. And so um, uh, when the 1% for art program was first started, 1% uh, was set aside um, from those bonds. Um, it's, it's all included um, to fund public art. And about uh, 15 years into the program, we realized that we didn't have any way of uh, taking care of the public art collection. So we implemented a formula that said that um, up to 20% of the 1% could be used to take care of public art. Okay. So over the years, um, as the increase in funding for capital projects has gone up, we ended up with more public artwork, but then it kind of tapered off and we kind of ended up in like a, a scenario where we were had more funds to, to purchase and acquire artwork, but we weren't keeping up with the amount of money that we needed to take care of them. Right. So um, for... Um, in order to, to be able to do that, we um, advocated, we did a, a full analysis of the amount of funds and the amount of artworks and our anticipated conservation cost and decided to um, uh, advocate for an extra half a percent to take care of the public art collection and to manage the way that we do public art in the city a little bit differently. And um, so, like, for example, we're, it, today's election day, we're recording this on election day, and the voters are going to the polls, and they're voting on a g general obligation bond package that includes money for public safety, senior family centers, um, affordable housing, parks and recreation, streets, storm drainage, libraries, all of the good stuff. And so as an example, the parks and recreation bond in front of the voters today is right at $35 million dollars. And so under this new formula, the public art program will generate about $525,000 towards public art for just, uh, you know, from just that bond. Um, this is one of the biggest bonds that the city's ever um, uh, put mm. before the voters. So we're, we're hopeful that people support the way that we make our investments in our community. 
And we'll see what the results are going to be mm-hmm. after today. But um, with the change of that formula, I'm going to get a little tiny bit technical okay. here because when we it. implemented one and a half percent, and we also increased the percentage that we could use to take care of public art. So now instead of using only 20% of the 1%, we can use 25% of the 1.5%. So if anybody's listening, you want to get out your (laughs) calculators, do, you know, run some numbers, basically. So out of that, uh, you know, roughly $530,000 that will be generated from parks and recreation bonds, just that bond, um, $132,000 of that will be used to be able to take care of art. So that's a, a percentage of a percentage. And is that then that amount is for those projects that are created out of those funds or does that go into a large so I guess my next question is about what is your but can you explain a little bit about your budget what does it what's it comprised of sure so we have to spend the project money which is the the one percent um, for artworks based on the general obligation bonds so we do projects that are tied into trails tied into parks tied into libraries they got to be site specific um, <clears throat> but we, the the conservation funds go into more of a general fund that we can okay. use to take care of whatever we need to take care of. Okay. And 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 so when we actually for some of some of you some of this language might be really new or a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. If you go to the city's website and look at the ordinance, there's a glossary of terms, uh, which is actually very helpful. So take a look at that. Um, Okay, so a couple other things. The what in kind of in general does this bigger budget mean for you and your staff is in terms of the future of this program? Well, it means a lot more work for me and the staff, which is great, <laughs> and more work for the for the Albuquerque Arts Board that reviews all the projects. But what it means for the citizens is a lot more public art in our community. Um, we're going to be able to do a lot more outdoor work, um, larger scale projects. We're going to be able to do uh, more murals. Um, uh, in partnership with maybe private business owners that you know provide a match, um, we're going to be able to do more temporary work, more digital work, mm. um, and we're going to be able to really be more strategic about how we're going to develop our our indoor collections. So these are the works of art that hang on the walls, and they they might be paintings or tapestries or carvings or um, three dimensional works like like pottery. Um, so, you know, for example, like November is the Native American um, Heritage Month. And so we'll be able to build in um, uh, calls for artists uh, to acquire works that tie into these cultural themes and cultural oh, celebrations right. of, um, you know, the of what we want to make sure we showcase here in, in our public art collection. Mm, that's exciting. And and it also, you know, making the point that it's not just those outdoor sculptures, but in many municipal buildings, if not all around the city, have public art hanging on the walls or, or pieces that are out on display. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've talked about the ordinance from a city staff perspective, um, Let's talk about it from the perspective of an arts board member. And so again, thank you, Dorothy, for joining us. Um, I want, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how did you get involved in the public art program and, and, and why did you join the arts board? Yes, well, my family has been involved in the arts um, 
my parents were, and so I grew up in an artist family. And my parents both were leaders in southwestern New Mexico. My dad was on the New Mexico Arts Commission. So I've always been aware that art and supporting artists and public art is very critical to our communities. And so um, my friend Janet Thompson had been on the public art board and she was cycling off and she knew I would be thrilled <laughs> to be part of this board. And she suggested to Don Harris, who was the counselor at the time of District 9, that I be considered. And I was considered, and I'm very happy for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is such a fun board, and, and people work so collaboratively. I recommend it. <laughs> and, and so how long is your term? There are two terms of three, three years. years. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So think about that. Yes. You know, people exactly. out there interested in the arts. Um, and so, what is your role on the board? Uh, your official role, but also, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about how you perceive your particular role on the board with regard to District Nine. Sure. So I see my role on the board in, in uh, three different aspects. And the first one is District 9. No particular order, but that, of course, is something I need to make sure I take care of. Uh, my counselor currently is Renee Grout, and so it's my responsibility to understand her priorities for public art in our district mm -hmm. and advocate on the board for those kinds of projects. Um, and we're fortunate that Sherry and others who are on staff know this vast history of all the districts mm -hmm. and so between understand working with with sherry and the staff and renee's priorities um, we can weave into some of those projects the, and then the second uh, area that i think is really important is supporting public art in albuquerque in the city writ large mm, mm -hmm. and so I participate on a lot of the committees that uh, support or, or that are looking at building or creating public art across the city okay. and there is a very specific role of board members on those committees okay and uh, so I take that very seriously okay and then the third responsibility is um, to be strategic. You're a board member. Your responsibility is to look to what the um, public art leadership and staff want and how, how do we create that strategy? How do we create new policies as um, our initiatives change and incorporate city initiatives into our public art program. So we're very supportive on, on how to do that in the board policies to make sure they mirror the, the city staff okay. policies. And how many of you are there on the board? There's 11, one from each of the nine districts right. and two at large that I believe is appointed by the mayor. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. right, okay. Well. Talking about you and your arts board members and, and the work that you do, what was the arts board role and your responsibilities individually, but also collectively, in getting the program to this 1.5%? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, when I became chair of the public art board, um, I did what I often do when I 
get into a role like that where I haven't been in the staff position. I'm coming somewhat from the outside. So I talked to Sherry about what is the one strategic, most powerful thing that we mm. need to do that we haven't been able to do so far for public art. And I had no forethought <laughs> as to what she would come up with. But obviously, and Sherry, you can put this in your own words, it seemed to me that you'd been thinking about this for a long time. Um, not a new idea. Uh, it was wonderful that they, uh, Public Art put in the conservation budget, but we were seeing that um, we did not have enough money to conserve the artwork that's out there, and it's eating into our ability to fund artists. We saw that, especially during COVID. We wanted to make sure mm. that we got um, funding to artists in a time where it's going to be very difficult for them to, to support themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so I very much resonated with the idea of increasing the budget uh, to one and a half percent. And I also resonated with uh, Sherry's idea to incorporate temporary art mm -hmm. and digital art. These are national initiatives that are happening all around the country. Right. And we want to be able to include them in our ordinance so that we have the ability to do that here. Right. I also want to do a shout out to our public art staff and management in that they are really leaders in our in our nation. Um, they are looked up to for a lot of the policies and procedures that they do, but also the conservation work that um, Sherry and others initiated years ago. There are a, a number of public art um, programs in our country that don't have conservation funds and don't do conservation. So the forethought mm. I, uh, that this group has, I really resonated with it because they're thinking, what do we need for the future? The other aspect to this is the timing was right. Mm, okay. it, it wasn't about me and this particular board, but it was about we really were at a crux of needing more money in order to take care of, of this, the art and take care of the artist and get them back to 1% of the art for artists mm -hmm. and the conservation oh. being separate. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I formed a committee that included um, several other board members. Working with Sherry, we developed a strategy and a communication tool. So Sherry and her management worked with the mayor's office and using the, the data and the presentation materials that Sherry and her team put together, I was able to work with other board members and go to each of the counselors, show them what we were thinking, ask them what their concerns were, what kind of support they felt, any other thoughts that they had, and then we were able to reformulate that whole package such that when we went, you guys went in front of city council, <laughs> it was a unanimous yes from Oh, that's everybody. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> how, how, many, how many years or months did that, did that take? I mean, you're talking about talking with city councilors and with the mayor yes. and so a lot of different people. So we started this prior to COVID. I would say around 2019. Mm -hmm. okay. And so the committee that we got together of board members with Sherry um, was really around what communication needs to happen. And we were doing a lot of groundwork. 
What right. what is the story and and why is it important? Everybody wants more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Why are we different that we should actually get it? <laughs> right. Right. You got to make the yes. case. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID came, we all understood that the priority was getting money into the hands of artists. So we really slowed down on the the um, in the communication we we're doing. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the right time. But as soon as we could start getting together with the counselors, we started massaging the message again and and meeting with them and hearing where their concerns were. I think that was really important because each of the districts has a different view on what's important to them. Mm -hmm. It's not just public art. Right, right. So um, we were able to fold all all that in. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. It is, and but it's the fun result, work. But the result was <laughs> that you were successful. Yes. Right? Yes. So what does this this new budget mean for you all, you and the board, in terms of what is possible now? And you've mentioned a little bit about being able to support the artists, being able to um, you know, have this money for conservation and maintenance. But what else? What else do you all talk about when, when you're talking about this 1.5%? Yes, yeah, so um, so we've already mentioned the need to, to do digital art and, and temporary art in addition to all these other things. Um, I feel that, and you all have talked about it in earlier podcasts, which are excellent, by the way. Oh, thank you. Of how this group is stellar in thinking through policies mm-hmm. and procedures that support those policies. And so, for example, the whole conservation, how we do that, Um, is very different from how we select projects for public art in in a particular district. And so Sherry and her team have started thinking through that and the board policies and how we behave and make our, how we decide what recommendations go to the mayor Mm -hmm. need to dovetail with what Sherry and her group are doing. Right. This right. is a new area for us. Mm. And so yeah, it, and exciting. We're excited to to be able to focus time on that. Wow. Well, that's great. So okay, so a question for both of you. Um what are the next steps? What works needs to be done to prepare for and and make the most of this opportunity of this of this bigger budget? Well, the first step is um <clears throat> uh seeing what the election results are tonight. <laughs> that's gonna be, that's, that's the, the, main, the main important thing. Um, I feel optimistic, but you know, we have to be realistic and make sure that we know exactly what the citizens are uh, voting in favor of. Um, and then we will definitely be following the bonds. So we wanna see where, where the different departments are putting their emphasis and their energy into their buildings. Uh, for example, we know that there's going to be a big sort of um, community complex um, out on the west side uh, near Coors, um, sort of in the Cibola High School area that's going to include a community center, possibly a swimming pool, a library. So that's going to be a whole complex. It's going to be very exciting because we have a lot of pots that we can pull from to put Mm. 1% for art out there. So that might be um, a big outdoor work that can sort of serve as a like a wayfinding a beacon to to that community complex um 
but also uh, we're, we're going to be continuing to work on things that are already high priority initiatives like um, the rail trail project. You right. know, that project started off with a pretty small scope. It's now gotten larger and, and uh, a lot more complex and exciting. But public art is going to be right there every step of the way on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also, like I said, going to give us an opportunity to look at some of the um, maybe some of the omissions in the two-dimensional collection uh, to see, you know, which artists mm. do we need to make sure are represented um, in in that part of the, the public art collection. Um, and then we'll be able to showcase them in our brand new gallery that's coming online in January, which we'll talk about in a future episode. Exactly. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, be able to um, uh, continue to really look at the way um, I think what's going to be most important, um, you know, we talked about the public art census in a, in a past episode too. Right. Uh, really looking at what the public art census tells us is going on out there in the world. Right. Where are artists wanting to express themselves? How are they wanting to be creative? And and you know, following them, you know, they're the ones that are kind of you know setting the blazing the trail in these areas. So how can we be there to support them as well? Okay. And now, how about from your perspective? Yeah, so it very much ties into what Sherry just said, um, looking at what bonds have been approved and such. So each of the the board members will be thinking about their district, their counselor's priorities, what projects we have in the wings that Mm. might get elevated or vice versa. But we're also responsible for looking more strategically at the city, and that includes the two at large, but all of us do and um, coming up with a, a, a plan for the year. We do it every year. We come up with this is where we think our outlook is for the the next 12 months. Okay. And that can morph, but at mm-hmm. least you have a plan to work off of. Right. And right. so this is perfect timing for us to, to look at the results of the bonds, how do, how do we tweak our past plans, and what big initiatives do we have coming forward. Yeah, and I'll just add real yeah. quick too that our planning department is doing um, all of their sort of uh, you know um, community planning um, identity areas, um, and they're out there getting a lot of feedback uh, from the public that are attending their workshops, um, helping to inform what they see as important as public okay. art in their community. So we we're not just doing this in a little vacuum of you know kind of our little world in the Department right. of Arts and Culture. We are working interdepartmentally across a lot of different um, areas to get really good information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, I, I have another question for you then. Um, you've talked about a lot of work that you do and your other arts board members do. Um, you meet once a month? Correct. And and so everybody comes to the table, you develop this plan for the year, and then every month you're meeting to discuss different elements of that plan. Yes. Okay. Now we're very fortunate that Sherry's staff is expert at facilitating these community engagement sessions okay and so uh, the board members are very much supported in the 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 role that we play Mm -hmm. in supporting public art um i thought i had another question but i can't think of it right now (laughs) um so anything else any other thoughts that you have that you want to share with the audience before we we end our conversation 
Well, I'll just share that, you know, the Arts Board is, uh, they do sort of the, the final reviews and they're looking at the, the all the decisions and the processes from sort of the the policy perspective to make sure we followed our rules and you know that we did the engagement. But the most important part of this process is that for every single project, we have an art selection committee. And we'll have one or two board members sit on that committee. Mm-hmm. Um, but the committee's made up of people from the neighborhood, from the user agency. So if we're doing a project in the library, we have library staff. Um, we, have, we always have uh, uh, an artist or design professional that isn't going to be you know, uh, considered for the project right. to be there to serve on the committee as well. So, so the you know, there's so many different ways to get involved in what we do. Um, so, yeah, we have 11 uh, positions on the arts board, but we have numerous committees going all the time. So, if people are interested in serving on an art selection committee, um, they can just uh, you know email us at publicart at cabq.gov and you know let us know how they'd like to be involved oh that's great yeah i I echo that and uh in addition to outreach to the public this organization does an amazing job of outreach to um, artists Mm -hmm. we're always trying to think about how we can reach out to artists in different ways so it's not just a traditional web-based system right there's right. other ways that that we try to engage artists yeah lucky lucky artists here yes. in albuquerque in new mexico <laughs> and beyond all right well thank you both for joining us today sure my pleasure thanks. yeah some exciting stuff coming up so uh i bet some of you our dedicated listeners are asking how might I get involved? And there's a few ways, right? And so Mm -hmm. what Sherry was just talking about in terms of community involvement in some of these selection committees for the public art program. Mm -hmm. Um, But also you might want to become a member of the arts board. And so you can, if you just Google CABQ boards and commissions, you'll learn about all the various boards and commissions that you can be a part of, including the arts board. Uh, So check that out. You can go to the website and get that email. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, if you have any um, questions about or have interest in joining a selection committee. So um, join us for our next episode, which uh, Sherry mentioned earlier, um, which will be released uh, on Wednesday, the 13th of December. very excited about talking about the work at the International District Library. Uh, so to stay informed about the events related to this project, check out the news item on the city's arts and culture news page. It's called Unveiling the Artistry, Dive into the Creation of Albuquerque's International District Library Glass Installation. So thank you for listening. We hope that after you've listened to this podcast, that you will go out and take another look at Albuquerque's public art. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Albuquerque Public Art Program, the Public Art Collection, opportunities for artists, and so much more, visit cabq.gov slash public art. To learn more about the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund, visit cabq.gov slash UETF. Tune in next time to take another look at the City of Albuquerque Public Art Urban Enhancement Division.